Kunakl trying to get it out with the help of Nelson, able to. Here is Brock, two on one with the Penguin line. Down the slot, shoots and scores! Brock Nelson gives the Islanders their first lead of the game. It's 2-1 New York with just over five and a half to go in the opening period. Five seconds to go in this one. Penguins have it at center ice to the Islander line. One last shot. Robin Leonard, the save, the horn sounds, and the New York Islanders come into Pittsburgh and win game three by the final score of 4-1. They take a commanding 3-0 lead in this best of seven series. Here on the ILC, the go-to place for New York Islanders hockey talk. Welcome aboard the ILC podcast. Mike Carver here with you as the New York Islanders hold a 3-0 series lead over the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. What a time to be alive. (laughs) We will talk all about it today. We will take some calls from the fans. We've got plenty to do. We will take some calls from the fans. We have got plenty to do. You heard Chris King from the Islanders Radio Network there at the top. As always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and the homepage at ILC.com. The sponsors, as always, 3J's Auto and Customs, Santorini Restaurant, Oakwood Automation, Bright Building Services. They take care of us. Please take care of them. Get your ILC podcast t-shirts at yesmenoutfitters.com. You can get the strong effort, the tall boy, plenty of playoff products. Devin's got it all for you over there at yesmenoutfitters.com. And I guess you know where we begin for this one, and that is the Islanders lead the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-0 in the first round, as we said. And there's a lot to unpack here. There's no question about it. There's a lot to unpack, and there's still work to be done as far as the New York Islanders are concerned. Let's kick this thing off with... The three biggest reasons for me why we are sitting here with the Islanders on the verge of possibly sweeping the Penguins Tuesday night at PPG Paints Arena. One, we said last week in our two preview shows, and thank you to everybody who tuned into those, some unbelievable numbers for the previews, the first show with B Comp and the callers, the next show that had Scotty and Jay Berman and Jay Nelson from MSG, some huge preview shows we did for the series last week. So my thanks to everybody who tuned into those. But on those shows, one of the big things that I talked about was I said that the Islanders needed to get huge efforts and huge goals from their top five, quote-unquote, goal scorers, offensive players, et cetera, et cetera. Eberle, Barzi, Lee, Brock, and Bailey. And I think huge reason number one why we are sitting here right now is that those guys have delivered in a huge way. And you talk about a huge way. Jordan Eberle, unbelievable. Goals in all three games. He scored a goal in game three to tie the game up right after the Penguins take the lead that would have been, if it was other players in this league, a bigger deal would have been made about it. But because it's Jordan Eberle, you won't hear as much about it. But that was a tremendous goal by Jordan Eberle. He has had a huge series. Goals have been early in games. He's been unbelievable for the Isles. Next, Brock Nelson. What more can you say? Outstanding again. The two-on-one goal in game three. The power play goal in game one. Josh Bailey, of course, with the overtime winner in game one. The power play goal in game two. Anders Lee does have the empty netter. Look, Lee has done a lot. He has been very active out there. He's been unlucky, but, you know, listen, those other guys are filling up, and Barzi's got a billion assists. 
And I said that. I said, Barzi doesn't necessarily have to score the goals, but he's got to make sure that the guys that he's with are scoring. And they are scoring. These five guys, like we said needed to happen, have driven the bus for the New York Islanders in the first three games of this series. They deserve all the credit, and they need to get one more done. And then they'll be moving on to the second round. Tremendous job. We said they needed to do it, and they have done it so far in all three games. Point number two, second huge reason why I think we're sitting here right now. The Islanders have done something that I did not think that they were going to do. I did not think that they would completely shut Sidney Crosby out and take him completely out of the series. He has done nothing. Credit Barry Trotz. Credit Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick. I mean, geez, how good have they been? Unbelievable what those two guys have done. And the Zeker line and the Nelson line, the way that Trotz made sure that all those guys were on the ice whenever Crosby was the first two games in New York. Unbelievable that the Islanders have completely frozen out the great Sidney Crosby, who has, as we have at nauseum told you for months, made a career out of destroying the New York Islanders, and he has been completely taken away. Did he have his chances? He absolutely did. He gave Gensel a couple feeds in that game three in Pittsburgh that he absolutely has to bury. Is that all on Crosby? No. Is the reason the Penguins are down 3-0 because of Sidney Crosby? Look, he's got no points, but he's also got no help. But I did not think that the Islanders would completely freeze him out. And he has been frozen out three games in. And as we know, he doesn't have a lot of time to crawl out of that now. Third big thing for me of the three huge reasons why the Islanders are sitting where they are right now. The Pittsburgh Penguins are a lot worse in their own zone than I thought they were. I mean, I knew they had problems on D. Their guys are slow. They make dumb passes. They make bad decisions. You just have to look at the play that Schultz made on the Brock goal to get it to 2-1 on Sunday. They are not a good defensive team. And I knew that, but I didn't know they were this bad. Watching them minute in, minute out for the last three games, they are awful defensively. And I wasn't sure if the Islanders were going to be able to generate enough offense to take advantage of it. But for the most part, the Penguin mistakes have allowed the Islanders to generate that offense. And they've made them pay in a couple spots. The other part that I'll kind of mold into that, the Penguins are worse defensively than I thought, is two of their stars, if you have watched them in this series, look like they have completely quit, they look lazy, and they look like they don't care. And that's Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. I mean, honestly, the passes that Chris Letang was making in those two games at the Nassau Coliseum, he looked like he wanted to be anywhere else but there. He wanted no part of playing the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum. And that's a multi-time cup winner, all-star, all, the whole world, Chris Letang. He wanted no part of playing the Islanders on Wednesday and Friday last week. It didn't look too much better on Sunday either. And Evgeny Malkin is as big a crybaby as you will find in this league. Those frustration penalties that he took on Friday, and that's what they were. They were frustration penalties. Everybody thought it was the Islanders getting some kickback from Wednesday. What it really was Friday was the Penguins took dumb penalties. Dumb penalties that put them in a hole which never allowed them to generate their offense or get things going. And Malkin took two of them. Three of them, maybe, if you count it. He might have had three penalties. Malkin was lazy. 
complained about the ice. He looks another guy. Looks like he wants absolutely no part of playing the New York Islanders. Those two guys are two of their superstars. They look like they don't even want to show up there on Tuesday night. So for me, those three things as what's really driven the bus here. They've gotten the scoring from the top five offensive players. They've completely iced Crosby out. And the Penguins are a lot worse than I think any of us thought they were on their own blue line. And they've got a couple superstars who have completely mailed it in. Whether they're hurt, don't care, or otherwise, it's been a big part of what's happened here for the Islanders to be up 3-0 in this series. Now, there are clearly other factors at play as well. Robin Leonard has been outstanding. Outstanding. When the Pens have had their chances, he has completely shut the door. I thought he was excellent in game one. Uh, Here's what happened here. The Islanders have played three games. Me and BCom talked about it last week. We said that they were going to have to win a game or two, most likely two in this series. Might not be that way anymore. But we thought they had to win at least two games where they were going to have to score four or more goals. They did it in game one. They won the Penguins style, the track meet game, where it was 4-3, it was up and down, it was run and shoot. Robin Leonard made 40-plus saves, and the Islanders got out of there with a 4-3 win. That was the game the Penguins needed to win. Then the Islanders played their game on Friday night. Leonard was very good again, and they're up 2-0. And then on Sunday, you saw a true New York Islander game. I don't think that Robin Leonard had to make the same saves on Sunday that he made on Wednesday and Friday in games one and two, but he didn't have as many opportunities. He didn't need to. He was outstanding whenever he's been called upon. The Islanders had their first true shutdown Islander hockey structure type of win that we saw throughout the season on Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh. They got up 2-1, and they drove that game to the bottom. They gave the Penguins absolutely nothing. And then they get their move. Leo Komarov puts them up 3-1. Same thing. I mean, we know this. Three goals, money in the bank. The Islanders have scored three goals in every game in this series. 4-3-4. and They do not lose when this happens. And in tightly contested playoff games, if the Islanders are going to get their three goals, they're not going to lose. When Bailey got the goal to get them up 3-1 Friday, you knew the game was over. I don't care how much time was left on the clock. The same thing happened on Sunday. When Komarov made it 3-1, lights are out. Money in the bank. We have said it all year. All year long about this team. So now here we are. And the bottom line is, the Islanders so far through three games have completely overmatched the Penguins in every aspect. Every aspect of the game. Barry Trotz has pushed every right button. I thought that his matchup handling at home was brilliant. And he had a game plan in Pittsburgh, too, for whatever Sullivan was going to do. Barry Trotz, it took him a couple years, but he figured out the Pittsburgh Penguins. He beat him last year. He took that playbook, and he might have different players, but he knows how to hold this team down. And he has done it through three games, and the players deserve all the credit. Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick have been outstanding on the Crosby line. All of these guys have done their job like they have all year, pulling the rope in the same direction, and that's that. They have overmatched and outplayed the team that's won two of the last three Cups. We knew they weren't the same team. Isles have completely overmatched them. It's been fun to watch if you're an Islander fan. Completely overmatched them. So where are we now? Basically, 
If you're me, I, I, here's how I'm looking at it. Just get it done Tuesday night. That team is down. That team is dejected. That team looks like it does not care. Whether it's Tuesday night, whether they get the gentleman sweep on Thursday, it is what it is. But I'm telling you now, do not go beyond that. You got to step on the throat and you got to finish this thing. You can't give them that little bit of hope. You don't really get the hope when you're down 3-0 until you get to game six. That's when you start to believe and think we can do this. And even though it's only happened four times in NHL history, we know this. Four times. This does not happen. Don't even give them the idea that it can. Finish it Tuesday night. Finish the job. You've outplayed them the entire series. They look like they don't believe they can beat you. They look like they have no answers to beat you. And they look like they have quit. Go out Tuesday night and bury them. And if for some reason they do want to give the home crowd a little show on Tuesday, you don't let them get out of the collie alive on Thursday. You get the gentleman sweep. You send them home. No point going back to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Don't let it get there. Finish this thing off. My preference is Tuesday. I don't want to hear about the go finish it at the Collie stuff. Forget that garbage. You go finish it Tuesday. That team is ripe to be swept with the way they've looked through three games. Go finish it off. They play their first great game of the series, then go finish it Thursday. Bottom line. Isles have a big opportunity here. Once again, not being given a lot of credit throughout the NHL. It's more about what Pittsburgh isn't doing than what the Islanders are doing. That narrative will change. Once the Islanders finish this thing off, that narrative will change. It'll start to be about the Islanders. But if they play the Capitals, they're going to be underdog again. And I honestly, I like it that way. This team thrives in that role. They have thrived in that role all year. They were told in July. They were told in September at training camp. They were told in October when they put the puck down for the first time. They've been told all year. This will not last. Charts and graphs. Talking heads, all of them told you. They're up 3-0 against the Penguins. They're doing the talking now. They're talking on the ice. Finish the job, and then you'll be underdogs again. Unless the Hurricanes want to give the Caps a series here, and then, hey, anything can happen. But if they play the Caps, they're going to be underdogs again, and that's just the way Barry Trotz and his crew likes it. But there's work to be done first. Go put that team down. They're ready to go down. Just go do it. So, of course, you're up 3-0. You're excited. We got to get the fans involved. That is the only way to do it here on this episode of the Isle Seat. So let's kick things off with Paul in Central Jersey. Paul, how are you? How's it going, Mike? I'm doing good, buddy. What's up? Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, You know, it's the first time on the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, thank Thank you for listening. Yeah, no problem, man. So I got one question for you tonight. Go ahead. So Twitter is a crazy place, you know, as I'm sure you know. And uh, I checked in after game three uh, on the win on Sunday and had to read reporters out of Pittsburgh say, are the Islanders this good or are the Penguins this bad? And, you know, I kind of just wanted your opinion on that because it just seems like the NHL world is still not giving this team 
the credit they deserve. Ah, they're not going to, Paul, and that's okay. Listen, um, this is what has fueled uh, this team and even the fans this entire year is uh, the us-against-the-world attitude. Uh, now, listen, sweeping the Penguins, if this happens on Tuesday night, um, that's going to open a lot of eyes. Uh, I- I'm telling you, things are going to be a lot different. You've already seen, for one reason or another, their odds in Vegas to win the Stanley Cup have gone through the roof here in the last couple days to where, right. they're, they're, where they're one of the top three or four teams listed right now. That has a lot of things uh, factored into it, of course. But, look, I listen to uh, one of my favorite pastimes. I like to go and listen to the uh, you know, this local sports talk radio in a, in opposing cities and things like that. And I listened to a couple minutes today in Pittsburgh, and, man, they can't figure it out either. They have a lot of excuses for what's going on with the Penguins, whether it be they brought in too many slow defensemen, uh, they're blaming Sullivan, they're blaming this guy, uh, they're blaming that guy, and you don't hear a lot of credit uh, being thrown their way to the Islanders. Basically, they feel that the Islanders – you know, they play their system, and the, and the Penguins just can't figure out how to beat it. And, Paul, it's okay. I, I don't think the Islanders mind being the underdog or being, you know, uh, not completely looked at uh, as a big-time team by anybody. I think they that this was good for them coming into this Penguin series, once again being told that they had no shot. And now here they sit, Paul. He just uh, one more win away from advancing to the second round. Definitely exciting, Mike. You know, um, maybe next series they get to the Capitals. You know, from now I'm uh, – Forcing the future a little bit here, but uh, get to the Capitals and maybe make a little statement there. Maybe they'll open up some eyes on the NHL. Paul, anything can happen. I think that things are definitely – eyes are open. No matter what here, I mean, look, Islanders, as we I talked about at the beginning of the show, they, they're going to win this series, okay? They're not – I don't see the Islanders losing four games in a row to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just don't see it happening. So whether it be Tuesday night or maybe even Thursday night, the Islanders are going to win this thing, and uh, trust me, eyes are opening up all over the place, Paulie. Awesome, Mike. Good stuff. Up next is Lucas in Mineola. Lucas, how are you? Good, Carver. How are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. What's up? Nothing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just uh, realized that uh, before the playoffs, I was reading something that Barry Trot said, uh, you know, the game should, the team should really just focus on having fun. And the reporter asked him if he uh, was going to do the same thing. And uh, for game two, I drove, you know, those three and a half hours. I go to school in Towson, Maryland. Okay. Um, so I drove those three and a half hours to get to game two and me and my dad went and we got there you know, at like five thirty six, and, uh, there was no line to get into the Coliseum and we like, we were concerned. We thought we had the wrong time or something, Right. but, uh, we walked down into the parking lot and we just saw everybody tailgating. And it was just really amazing. <laughs> um, and you, you know, you look at the bench, you see after Nelson's goal for game three, you know, everyone was celebrating. So I just want to, I just want you, uh, to go in on that, how do you think the team really is responding to that and if they really are just trying to have fun and win? Yeah, I think that it it really is happening. I mean, I think that's what you've seen all year from this team. I think that the culture and the things that have been instilled by the coach this season to make it a true team effort. This is about team this year, whether it had anything to do with Tavares leaving or not. You know, you can, you can say that. The coach came into training camp and said, we're going to – play together and win together as a team. And there's a lot of guys who have been around for a while. We've heard quotes from guys saying they've never gotten coaching like this, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there's definitely been a fun at winning. Winning creates fun. Uh, I mean, it's that, it's that simple, Lucas. I mean, uh, you know, you could say all you want that it's, that we, we're going to do things as a team and, and that stuff is all fine and good, but it doesn't really, unless you win, 
It doesn't matter. And this team has won all year. And the more you win, the more fun it becomes. And you want to keep having that taste. And now you get to the postseason and you've won the first three games. And yeah, uh, these guys are having a lot of fun. But you can tell listening to the coach and the players, whether it be whether it be at practice on Monday or whether it be after the game on Sunday, you can hear from the players and the coach that nobody is taking this lightly. They know that there's still a lot of work to be done. But, oh, yeah, you could tell that the players and the coach, uh, they're having some fun with this, Lucas. Right, and then, like, even like, you know, there's some post-game uh, stuff from Game 3. It's like Cal was like, yeah, like, honestly, like, we're just trying to go back to the room, watch Game of Thrones, we'll worry about the next game tomorrow. <laughs> or even, yeah, did you, did you see Johnny Boychuk telling Pierre Maguire, nice haircut. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like stuff like that. Well, there's like, a nice, there's a very loose atmosphere, and that goes into what I was talking about with one of the other callers. You know, this team has been told all year that they're not going to do it. This team has been told since, right. the, since the season started that they don't have a shot. And now here they are, up 3-0 in the first round of the playoffs against a team that's won two of the last three cups, has superstars all over the place, and once again, you know, there's doubters. And they are laughing right now at that, and I think that they're relishing how the more they win, the more fun it becomes, and they just love sticking it to people. And and I think that that's really driving them, Lucas. And it's an, it's it, listen, it's not just fun for them. Uh, it's fun for the fans. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, you just said you took the three-hour drive. You were there on Friday. I mean, the place was bonkers. The parking lot has been bonkers for both games. Um, I think that one thing that I'm going to talk about uh, after I do the callers here is how, look, there's a good chance there's not going to be another game at the Coliseum now if they win Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. You know, there's a chance there's no more games there. So uh, it's been a fun atmosphere, Lucas, and uh, the good times just need to keep on rolling. I couldn't agree more. Next up, we go out to Tennessee, and Alfred is there. Alfred, how are you? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? What's going on? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard not to be doing yeah, great We're right all now. doing great now, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to uh, really quick thank you for all like the uh, promotions and everything you do for the uh, meetups and uh, the aisle fan uh, promotions and everything. Uh, listen, uh, I think it's great. Uh, everybody getting together, uh, meetups all across the country. It's a really cool thing. Uh, if there's one or a couple people that find out about it from listening to the show, uh, that just makes me thrilled. So uh, meetups are awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I just really wanted to quickly say uh, how uh, how Trotz has affected this team and how uh, coaching is more than just practice and line combinations. Uh, Hockey is really like the epitome of team sport. Uh, just between the size of the rink and the amount of people they cram on there, just moving so fast and all that. And as a coach, not just making plays or getting the entire team to practice, it's knowing uh, knowing the players. And uh, you hear all the time uh, coaches, GMs, players talk about how great uh, people they play with. As a coach, you kind of got to get in the heads of these players and really pick up inter-locker room personalities and relationships and really mesh them well together. And it seems like nobody is doing it better than Trotz this year. Yeah, you're 100% right. I think that, and I've, I've talked, to, uh, talked to a couple of the other callers about this already, I, I think that what he has done since the moment training camp started is really uh, put all these guys together. I think the us against the world stuff has definitely been at play here. Uh, it's been about fun, as I talked to with uh, uh, Lucas, who just called before you. You know, there's just... He really has been, and and the coaching's a big part of it too, Alfred. It really is because we know, and we've talked about all year, this team was awful defensively last year. The way that he has gotten these guys 
to not just buy in to what he sells on and off the ice, and they're all pulling the rope at the same time. Um, it's really amazing, and you can tell the difference this year between a guy who's been a coach in this league for 20 years and has won 800 games and has won a Stanley Cup against some of the guys, nothing against them, or at least some of them, you know, that came here and had no experience doing this. And I think, Alfred, you really see what the experience factor means to having a guy like Barry Trotz behind a bench. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And not, not I mean, his entire staff, too, uh, has just been amazing. And, I mean, I don't know. I know you've mentioned it several times, uh, but the power play, I don't know if it's just luck or just right. confidence or something, but something's clicked there at least a little bit. Yeah, listen, they've they've gotten their they've gotten their nibbles. I mean, let's just let's just say that. I mean, they haven't gone into complete over. I mean, let's face it, they got a couple of huge power play goals in this series. That Nelson power play goal in game one was enormous. Uh the first mm-hmm. power play that they had in the series kicked them off. And the Bailey power play goal to put it away in game two. So they have gotten uh big power play goals in this series, something that I don't think anybody really expected that they were going to get. So every, no, everything's gone right, Alfred. I mean, let's <laughs> let's be fair here. I mean, it's three games in, and everything has gone right, and you can even include, yes, uh, the power play, even though they had their moments with uh, when they had about 100 of them on, on Friday yeah. night in game two, but they have even... No <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they, they, even they, Alfred, have contributed in some way to the, to the Islanders being up 3-0 in this series. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Alfred, thanks for calling. No Mike, no problem, Mike. Thank you. Next up, we go down to Raleigh, North Carolina, a favorite amongst Isle Seed podcast listeners, and that, of course, is Justin. Justin, how are you? Mikey, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. So, listen, you're one of the newer uh, meetup groups down there. I saw some vids of you guys on Sunday. Nice job down there by you guys. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, we got a... Really strong crew. Uh, we've been averaging about, I'd say, about thirty-five people or so. Wow, for good our job! Nice. Four meetups. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know the meetup crew is growing. Um, ever since Mikey kind of came to me and said, "Hey, man, we need the Raleigh chapter," because I kept driving to Charlotte. You <laughs> we know, need a home base. We need Raleigh. a home base in Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> we need something so when we come play the games, we have a bar to go to before, and uh, so <laughs> I, we do a perfect spot, and here we are, man. Here we are, three and zero, and we're just uh, everyone is just as pumped as ever, man. Yeah, it's good. It's it's been a lot of fun, and you guys have really uh, all the meetup groups have done a tremendous job uh, tonight in the show. I kind of I'm gonna at the end kind of list all the places where you can find meetup groups. It's uh, coast to coast for Game Four, so there's gonna be plenty of places for you guys to go and find uh, some places to watch Islander hockey, including Raleigh, where Justin does a good job down there. And uh, are you you guys are doing tomorrow night too, right? Tuesday night, you guys will be oh, hanging. Absolutely, man. We're uh, we're following the Charlotte crew every game in the playoffs. We'll be having to meet up. Uh, we are at My Way Tavern, which is uh, in downtown Raleigh, um, right in the heart of the city, pretty much. Uh, it's a pretty central location. We got a great little setup. Uh, we got the whole patio, usually to ourselves, all the TVs, all the sound. Uh, so they pretty much block off the whole section for us, so we can get as loud and crazy as we want, man. So it uh. It works out perfect. We always encourage everyone to come out and, uh, you know, make us stronger. All right, Justin. So what do you think here? Are they shutting the door on Tuesday or what? What do you got for me in terms of the game? Let's go. Oh, we're stepping on the throat tomorrow. Oh, Barbara. that's what we I want to hear. Step on the throat close. on Tuesday night. We Let's are go. We this out. We are not even giving them a lick of a chance. 
We're bringing the brooms to Pittsburgh tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, a good tweet by, I believe it was Nick from the Offside Tavern who said he doesn't think he's going to have to buy a broom for a while after <laughs> Tuesday night with everybody who's going to bring brooms over there to the bar. Uh, look, That's I'm with cool. you. You step on the throat. I said this at the top. Step on the throat. Get it done. That is a dead team. They look disinterested, and you got to go out there and finish the job on Tuesday night. End of story. 100%, man. We're, we're growing those beards. We're stepping on the throat. We are getting ready. <laughs> we are. We couldn't be more excited right now. And, I who, mean, it's, and, uh, and who knows, Justin, maybe if you get a little bit of juice here from the Hurricanes in the other series, maybe we could make a little trip down to Raleigh in the oh, second round, huh? Oh, you know we're ready. You know we're ready. We are ready to go. We got Wi-Fi for you. You don't have to worry oh, about I that. Oh, I need that Wi-Fi. You know how I am oh, with the Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly. And uh, me and Mikey, if that works out, we'll – get a little ticket thing and we'll get everyone set up we will get you squared away my Listen, friend Don't wouldn't, you that, wouldn't that? that be nice if we won on tuesday night islanders oh. win on tuesday and then we're just sitting around while they're waiting for the hurricanes and the capitals maybe beat each other up for six or seven games so hey, who knows Any, anything can happen justin thanks for calling good luck with the meetups you're doing a great job thanks mikey next up we go out to valley stream don is there don what's up pal mikey my man how the hell are you i'm doing great we're all doing great what's cooking Oh, it's 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 a beautiful thing. I haven't been this psyched about an Islander team probably since uh, what two thousand two. Uh yeah, probably. <laughs> that's that's probably fair, right? Maybe maybe even ninety three. I mean, look, sixteen. I know. Look, sixteen was was fun. I mean, winning your first round in in twenty five years that was fun. Beating Florida in that series. I know that it was what it was, and then they lost to the Lightning, but. When you win a round, you're having fun. So I think that I'm with you, but you're right. I could find reasons where that 0-1-0-2 season might be uh, the first, you know, the, the last time you had that real, ex, you know, crazy excitement juice going. Yeah, I mean, considering how many of uh, of us ourselves thought this team was left for dead in July, and we're here now, it 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 blows my mind. Well, that's the big thing is that how it's been. Uh, it's been such a fun story because none of us thought this. Uh, you know, look. Um, some of us thought they would be in the mix this year. No, I don't think any of us really thought they'd be the worst team in the NHL, like a lot of experts thought. But I know one thing. There is not one of us who thought back on October 1st or July 1st, whatever date you want to use, none of us thought that we'd be sitting here up 3-0 on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm sorry. Not one person can tell me that. I think we've all learned how delicious crow tastes because we've all been eating a lot of crow. <laughs> no question. So what do you got for me, Don? So, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bug you about, you know, impending free agents, the arena situation, anything else. What I need from you as the arbiter of, of Islander stuff is an official ruling on fan playoff beards. I, I, I grow them out, but I'm not used to having this for more than two weeks. This team usually crashes out after the first <laughs> round. I'm, I'm, you're worried, you're worried you might go two months here with the beard? You're getting a little worried about it? Oh, well, I mean, I, I still got to sleep next to my wife, and you know, she, <laughs> she elbows me. She but doesn't, no, my, like, my she doesn't is, like it. She doesn't like it, right? No, she likes she likes you know when I'm clean shaven. Right. To be fair, right. I also look about 15 years younger when I'm clean shaven. Right. But uh, I work in computers, and I'm a bit of a nerd, so the whole neck beard thing I think kind of reinforces some hateful stereotypes. So <laughs> I, I need a ruling. Can I trim it to keep the neck beard clear as long as I'm growing out the rest of it for uh, for the playoffs? All right, look, here's where I'll tell you. I think that everybody has their own kind of uh, policy on this. I'm sure that a lot of people have unwritten rules about this. Um, look, I think that when it comes to fans, um, fans are having fun with this thing. I, I think that you should do it any way that you want to do it. I don't think that sh- somebody should sit there and beard shame you. 
uh, when you don't actually play for the team. Uh, I don't think that if you want to get involved the way you are, I mean, look, I, I get involved as much as I can. I mean, I got a little annoyed because I got a little gray there in the front now. So if this goes on, if this goes on for another month, you know, I'm going to, you know, you might start to see a little gray there, but I always, every day I get rid of the mustache. I hate having uh, the mustache. So I don't keep that at all. And I know some people are like, you got to keep everything. You got to do this. I think Don, the safe way to go about this is you could do whatever you want to do with the beard. How about that? That's fair. I, I can accept that. Thank you, Mike. Now the and, players, and my wife thanks you. Now the players, uh, they have to just let it grow. They cannot do. Of they course. must. They must go and go and go. Uh, they must all follow the uh, the good book of Nick Letty and, and Cal Clutterbuck and all those guys. They have to just whatever they're doing. They got to keep doing it, right? Exactly. Even if they can't grow it out like <laughs> like Nick and Cal, like you know, if you, even if you grow like a little wispy, you know, Sydney. Yeah, like Sydney Crosby. That's always At the one you tried. go to is the Crosby, right? <laughs> At least he tried. Right. You give it a little effort. That's all we're looking for, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Thanks a lot, Mikey. Have a good one. Next up, let's go out to Russell in Roslyn Heights. Russell, how's it going, pal? Good. How are you doing, Mike? Good. What's going on? All right. So yesterday I was at the game. You were and... at the game? You went out to Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. I was out there. It was great. Oh, that's a nice a job time. by you, Russ. You, I saw a lot of Islander fans out there. That's a nice job by you taking a drive out to Pitt. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We we had a lot. We actually had a lot of guys going down there by the boards before the wall. So we had a couple left Islanders. We got booed, and then we answered them with the "Hey Josh Bailey" chant. Oh, that's that what great. I like to hear. You guys representing out there in the Berg yesterday. Good job. Yeah, and then during the game, like I'm sure most Islanders fans have seen it, but it was dead. It, there was no noise at all. The only noise was the pumped-in air horn, and they would get loud for five seconds, and then it was dead. Penguins had nothing to feed off of. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I, I did listen to a little bit of uh, – I said this with another caller. I did listen to some Pittsburgh sports talk radio today, and a lot of the conver- uh, topic of conversation was uh, that the fans did not show up to that game on Sunday, that they came, and that after the Islanders got up 2-1, they sat on their hands the rest of the game. They made absolutely no noise that they were completely programmed to win to cheer, win not to cheer. I heard that it was a very uh, they weak atmosphere and that they basically were asking what the reason for that was. Have the Penguins won too much? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, what a shame uh, that the Penguin fan just uh, did not show up on Sunday. Ah, boo-hoo. <laughs> so, you, so, yeah, you uh, agree with the sediments of the sports talk host at Pittsburgh that there was absolutely no juice in the building, zero. Yeah, none. It was, I mean, it was dead. And I mean, listen, we had a great time. You could even hear during the third period, you could hear smatterings of let's go Islanders during the game. You and this, as this was this before the, the, uh, the Komarov goal, was this still two, one at that point? Yep. Before wow. and after it, especially it was unbelievable. Wow. That's just uh look. And I say this all the time. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're a, a team like Pittsburgh, they've won so much recently, especially in the Crosby era, twice in the last three years, they've won. Sometimes your fans, you know, they can get a little spoiled. And, you know, I feel like the fans of Pittsburgh definitely overlooked this Islander matchup. I think not just the fans. I mean, the media, everybody involved in Pittsburgh overlooked this Islander matchup. I'm not saying the players. I think there's other reasons why the Penguins are having their problems with the Islanders. But from a fan and media perspective, the Islanders were overlooked here. And their fans don't come out in the first round anymore because they've won so much or they don't get loud, period, because they've won so much. And listen, uh, it's hard to compete with uh, the atmosphere that you get on Long Island at the Nassau Coliseum. There was no way that the people in Pittsburgh were going to be able to match that. The best way to sum it up, I saw, I think it was a Pittsburgh guy who said it too, 
was the difference in this series has been the Islanders and their Islanders fans have desire, whereas the Penguins and their fans have none. Yeah, and they have none because they've won so much. It's yep. just it's just that simple. And and some cities are not like that. I mean, I think that if you look up in Boston, I mean, those people. Um, Chicago even. You right. see how angry they get? Right. No, Chicago. I mean, geez. I mean, they. They basically ran Quenville out of town. The guy won three cups there. So, um, <laughs> they're core out of town still. I, I know. So it's uh, it's definitely different in different cities. And in a city like Pittsburgh where you've won a lot of cups recently, I guess, um, you know, bowing out to the Islanders in the first round is uh, is no big deal, you know? Yeah, and it's great. Great start to the Islanders eventually. Let's just not let 1975 happen to us. Oh, well, listen, Russell, guys, now, now, please. I it's mean, uh, it's, it's, it is not going to happen. I don't see it. But the one thing you cannot do, Russell, is I don't think you can let this get to, you know, a game six. I think that when you're down, when you're down 3-0 in a series, I feel like the one time where maybe it starts to get the confidence back and you get back to that point where you go, all right, listen, We've got two down here. We're almost there. You know, we're halfway home. If you're, When you're up 3-0 and then suddenly it's 3-2 and you're going back to their building, that's when the other team can start to believe, I think, a little bit. So You can't, you, you can't lose in the Coliseum. Well, look, I, I, I don't believe, and I said this before yesterday's game, even if the Penguins, I thought all the Islanders needed to do in Pittsburgh was get a split. I thought if they got a split, there was no way that the Penguins were going to win twice in Nassau Coliseum, whether it be games five and seven or seven or both of them. I just didn't think that they were going to be able to do it. So, what, what you're saying, Ben? Two out of three all season, right? It's, listen, it's been it's been that way all year, us. You know, it, it really has. But I think that it's crucial. I think it's important. Even though we all know it's it's a listen. Only four times has this ever happened as a team come back from three zero. I believe that it's still key. You don't want to go back there on Saturday. I, I think don't. that I think it would be great if they put the foot down and beat them Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. If it has to be the gentleman sweep on Thursday night at the Nassau Coliseum, so be it. But I don't want to see it go any further than that. You're up 3-0, Russ. You got to finish the job here. And and selfishly, I'm kind of glad that Tampa, what's happening in Tampa Bay is happening because <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of the spotlight is staying off the Islanders again. Well, listen, but the uh, this is how it is, especially and the Islanders. Listen, if they end up playing the Capitals once again, they're going to be the underdog. Um, that that's just and that suits the Islanders just fine. So let's see the Islanders get one more win, and then we could start talking about possibilities and other things. And uh, nice job by you again, Russ, going out to Pittsburgh on Sunday. Thank you. My thanks to the callers. Great job by everybody. Everybody is excited. There is a lot going on. When we come back, we've got a couple more things to do. We will talk about uh, my thoughts on the scene at the Coliseum last week, the scene at Offside Tavern on Sunday, which was insane. We'll talk about where the meetup groups are going to be on Tuesday night, where you can find the games. I'll give you my thoughts really fast on some of the other series here in the Eastern Conference. A lot more to do. The Isle Seat Podcast rolls on. Right after this. The Isle Seat Podcast is brought to you by 3J's Auto and Customs. Brooklyn's finest full-service custom shop is located in the Cobble Hill section and handles all things automotive, from custom lighting to performance modifications, as well as general and collision repairs, including insurance claims. 3J's Auto and Customs handles it all. For more information, visit www.3jsauto.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash 3J's Auto. Santorini Restaurant. Santorini is family-owned and operated for over 20 years and offers a variety of the best gyros, 
salads, and signature Greek dishes sure to please. Located at 133 Merrick Avenue in Merrick, New York, Santorini Restaurant, it's all about family. Oakwood Automation, if you are looking to leverage modern technology to control your home or business, Oakwood Automation Systems has you covered. Put control over your alarm system, surveillance cameras, home theater, indoor and outdoor audio, and so much more in the palm of your hand. For more information, go to oakwoodautomation.com or find us on House and Facebook by searching Oakwood Automation. Bright Building Services. Bright Building Services is a full-service commercial cleaning company serving businesses throughout the New York metro area for over 22 years. With clients spanning all sectors from boutique fitness and corporate headquarters to laboratories and medical facilities. Contact them for all of your commercial cleaning needs. For more information, please visit brightbuildingservicesny.com or check them out on Instagram or Facebook at Bright Building Services. That's Bright spelled B-R-I-T-E. The Isle Seed Podcast. Mike Carver here with you as the New York Islanders hold a 3-0 series lead over the Pittsburgh Penguins looking to shut the door on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh. My thanks again to the callers. Great job by everybody for calling in. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement. We'll hopefully get a few more weeks of that. So, uh, like I said, we're trying to do two a week. I know one gentleman thought I was going to do one after every game. Never said that. But he emailed me the other day to let me know that I disappointed him by not getting one out there after every game. Not at all what I said, my friend. Twice a week, we try to do it. And uh, we did get two out last week. They were both early in the week. We're going to do one here this week. And hopefully at the end of the week, we're going to be talking about the Islanders moving on to the second round. A couple of things before we get out of here for today. First of all, as everybody knows, if you were there, whether you weren't there, you heard it on TV The Nassau Coliseum was absolutely incredible on Wednesday and Friday night. Unbelievable scene. The tailgates, the game, the fans. Of course, I was hanging out with Devin and the crew over at the Yes Men tent, the orange tent there between the Marriott and the front door. Met so many, so many fans at a podcast. I really thank everybody that came up and said hi before, during, after the game. Really a lot of fun. The party in the parking lot when it was pouring on Friday night. After that win, that wasn't a crazy scene. Uh, Just a lot of fun in those two games. And, of course, unfortunately, it's possible that there is no more games there. If the Islanders close it out Tuesday night, uh, games are supposed to, scheduled to move to the Barclays for round two. But a lot of memories made in those first couple games at the Coliseum. We'll see if it's a jump start to a really long New York Islander playoff run. And then Sunday at the Offside Tavern was also incredible. Now, I've been there for plenty of games. Plenty of games, but there was nothing like Sunday. You actually felt like, you know, sometimes you sit in the arena and the crowd's really jacked up and you get, you know, every little play, whether it's a a missed shot or, you know, you get the ooh or you get the, you know, the cheers every time the puck gets cleared out of the zone or you get the, oh, you know, it just all the feels like if you were sitting in the crowd. That's what it felt like 
It's not like you were in the building. It was kind of crazy at Offside. Great pregame show. My thanks to Nick for letting me do that. Donald from Bagel Boss brought the bagels. Everybody brought the noise. It was a really fun day. Uh, Angelica Salem singing the anthem. I mean, that was just off the charts good. So a lot of fun at the Offside Tavern. I'll be there again before game four. Little pregame at 6.30. I'll fire that up. I'll do about the same, about 45 minutes before the game faces off around 7.30. There are a lot of Isles meetups going on for game four. Coast to coast. Charlotte, Raleigh, Tampa, L.A., Connecticut, D.C., Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Boston, South Florida, Queens. Uh, There's even a new one in Tucson. So there's Isles meetups coast to coast to watch the Islanders try to close out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Make sure you get to one of them. Couple of thoughts on the other series here, since it's going to start to look really important for the Islanders if they can get this last one and move on to the next round. First off, the Hurricanes get back in the mix Monday night. They get a big win at home. They blew out the Capitals. That series is now two-one with Game Four in a couple days in Carolina. I thought the Hurricanes were very spunky so far in this series. Could have won Game Two. They fought back. They got flooded really early down in D.C. Fought back to get that game to OT. Came up short. They really spanked them on Monday night down in Carolina. Now, now the question for them is how they come out in the next one. Do they feed off of that, get this series even? And if you're an Islander fan right now, hey, you want to see that series go as long as possible, let those two teams wear each other out, and maybe the Islanders can get a little bit of rest and get ready to face one of those teams in the second round. As far as the other side of the bracket in the East, the Maple Leafs, as we know, go up 2-1 on the Bruins. That series has been kind of wild so far. Kadri gets suspended for the rest of the series. I thought he should have been suspended for the entire playoffs. That was a gutless, terrible move by him going after DeBrusque. Was there a knee to knee? Yeah, you know what? Probably. There probably was. But Kadri's a repeat offender. He's a dirty player, and he showed it once again with that hit. Terrible job by him. And the Leafs got some juice now, up 2-1 with Game 4 in their building uh, in that series. And finally, we're all miffed by what's going on with Tampa. Nobody saw this. Nobody thought they'd lose in the first round, let alone be down 3-0. If there's any team that maybe has the offensive juice to do it, it's them, but they just don't look right. They don't look right. I don't think that they could beat the Blue Jackets four games in a row. With how well the Jackets have played, they're going to find a way to win a game here. There's no question about that in my mind, and that really sets it up. You know, you start. You don't want to start talking long-term yet here, but if you ever found a way to get the two teams that I think would be the toughest outs You know, in terms of the Islanders beating Tampa and Boston, you ever got them out in the first round, man, it really opens things up for the possibilities for the Islanders here in the Eastern Conference. But still a game to get in Pittsburgh, still a lot to get done. They need to win one more, like I said at the beginning of the show. Try to finish it off Tuesday night. At the worst, finish it off Thursday with the gentleman sweep. Don't let this thing get back to Pittsburgh. You do not want to do that. So try to get this thing over with. And we'll talk to you again later in the week. We'll have a little wrap-up. Hopefully the series is over, or we could be talking about going back to Game 6 in Pittsburgh. So we will see you later in the week. Another pregame at Offside on Tuesday. My thanks again, as always, to the sponsors, 3J's Auto and Custom, Santorini Restaurant, Oakwood Automation, Bright Building Services. They take care of us. Please take care of them. My thanks to the callers for calling in. Also, don't forget YesMenOutfitters.com for the shirts. Devin's got playoff gear there and a lot more. Islanders up 3-0 against the Penguins. I'll see you Tuesday night at the Offside Tavern. And if you're the Isles, just shut it down.
Mike Carver, I'll see podcast. We'll see you then.